Welcome back to Heddle's Blowout. It is me and Albert here today. Interesting day that there's uh, some news coming out of North Korea, which we don't usually cover foreign policy all that much on, on Blowout. But, you know, today there's a, there's a crossover, there's an intersection of uh, North Korea banned jeans and mullets. Got an article here from uh, The Express explaining how uh, seeking to limit the expansion of Western capitalism in North Korea's borders, Kim Jong-un banned Western hairstyles and clothing, including denim and the mullet hairstyle, which the mullet is apparently a non-socialist style. So, you know, I guess Kim Jong-un hasn't been spending much time at communist bookstores lately because that's the hairstyle that I tend to see amongst a lot of left-wing folks. It's funny because whenever you see a picture of Kim Jong-un, it's like he's experimenting with how many buttons you could put on the front of a blazer. It seems like every blazer he wears gets higher and higher up, you know? Mm-hmm. And wider it's, and wider pant legs. Well, yeah, I mean... And higher and higher fades. This seems like the least of the, the people of North Korea's problems. They're, they're now lack of denim. But, um, man, not quite a style arbiter, that guy. <laughs> he definitely has a look. Not one that I think anyone would want to emulate. Not one of those like steal his look kind of things. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be uh, expect to see one of those. But it got me digging a little bit on this topic because uh, the thing about banning haircuts that apparently there are only fifteen approved men and women's haircut styles in all of North Korea. Oh, okay, that's interesting to me. Yeah, it. Um, Led me to this piece in the Sun, which is another very reputable news source. Oh yeah, that uh, like men and women in the hermit state have reportedly been given an illustrated guide of approved hairstyles, which have been deemed acceptable by tyrant leader Kim Jong Un. And there's this like picture of you know like when you go into the barber shop, like or like a yeah. really old school barber shop, and they have all the pictures of different like heads and with haircuts on them it is very difficult for me to see the difference between at least the men's ones. The women's chart looks like I can see some differences there, but the, uh, the men's haircut chart, it just all sort of looks like different flavors of the, the Kim Jong-un with like different levels of fade on the, uh, the side hairline. I'm also seeing in these pictures of Kim Jong-un, he has, he's like his varying degrees of middle partedness. You know, which is also, you know, if I feel like there are haircuts that Gen Z seems to really have loved, it's a middle part and it's a mullet. So, you know, I think they're kind of a land of contrasts and contradictions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, these these haircuts are are for all intents and purposes identical. Yeah, got me thinking a bit about uh, I guess uh, you brought this connection up at first about you know, banning jeans is a uh, not a new phenomenon in North Korea, that it was something that had been banned in the Soviet Union for quite some time in the, the 60s and 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I re- recently read something in Ledicat magazine specifically about banning jeans in East Germany and how the, um, the market was so... Well, there was this... I even firsthand when I was writing my thesis on 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 Levi's jeans, my advisor, uh, Professor Hearn, who is from Berlin, she remembered that she, whenever she went back to Germany in that era, she would bring a bag of jeans and she'd just flip them, or she'd give them to family members. And you could you could sell a pair of Levi's at a crazy 
premium. There's this insane market. So they banned them, and then people eventually started remaking um, or trying to like emulate those styles in then East German factories out of like, and they didn't have actually any denims. So they were making like polyester kind of pseudo denims. Um, and eventually it was state sanctioned because they they didn't want all this black market denim f- floating around. So they were making state sanctioned shitty Soviet jeans. Um, and you, I, 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 if I can remember the name, they, they go for on auction. They're not great quality by any means, but they're so rare now and they go for crazy, uh, amounts on like eBay now. Mm-hmm. That slingshot where the, uh, the fake one becomes more rare and more desirable than the real yeah. one is yeah. We had a piece of, on this quite a few years ago about, you know, Soviet denim smuggling. And yeah, as you mentioned with your professor, a lot of the folks that are still in the vintage business today, I like, got their start selling Levi's uh, overseas in Europe, like in these border States and these SSRs mm-hmm. um, that like Brett Eaton, he followed the dead around Europe and like sold jeans and tie dye shirts and eventually sold motorcycles over there. And that's how he became, you know, the guy that dives into mines to dig up the really, really old shit. Mm. But yeah, it's a very interesting cultural thing, like specifically jeans as a representative of, I, I guess, American Western capitalism and like uh, bourgeois identity on the international scale where like they have a much different identity domestically, or at yeah. least they did of, you know, something blue collar versus something like consumerist uh, in the way that a lot of these uh, um yeah, governments like, you know, the North Korea and the Soviets and uh, seeing them as like an excess. Yeah, it feels like it, it, you're kind of missing the point or you're only absorbing a very, in that era, in the 50s and 60s and on, you're only absorbing a very specific kind of facet of pop culture. You're only seeing, you know, I don't know, Rebel Without a Cause and not really considering why that costuming choice is sort of relevant, you know, mm-hmm. why... It just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is something that we discussed in the denim history series that like only in the United States specifically were, was denim ever a work fabric. That everywhere else it was like an imported uh, status thing. And That's uh, crazy. Yeah, one of the anecdotes from this uh, piece we ran a while back that's always stuck with me is uh, they... Like there was a Soviet propaganda film to show like how awful things were in the U.S. That they like went and took like footage of people in inner cities and like um, people that were like living uh, like homeless on street corners and like begging mm-hmm. and stuff like that and like people that were you know uh, taken in by like the heroin epidemic and it backfired entirely because everyone in the movie that they were trying to like portray as a degenerate and undesirable in this propaganda film was wearing jeans. <laughs> and like this is when jeans cost like a month's salary in Moscow. Mm. So they were like the, the the thing that like all the the people that watched it took away from is like wow, America must be like really really prosperous if all these people that are living on the street can like afford to wear jeans. So um, I don't know what kind of movies or anti-jean or anti-mullet like uh propaganda is being made in North Korea, but if you have the ability to listen to this and are in North Korea, I, we would like to see it. Blow out at heddles.com. Please send in all of your anti-denim and anti-mullet propaganda. 
You know, they don't um, have to physically snail mail that over. I yeah. don't know what the internet is like. This makes me hope that there is someone in North Korea making some funky blue jeans in a basement somewhere wearing yeah. a sick Canadian tuxedo, very rebel, rebel without a cause. Yeah. But like that would be a look that I would want to emulate of just like the uh the scheming capitalist American like on the North Korean propaganda poster. I would want to dress like that, whatever that is. It's just like wearing overalls or something. <laughs> yeah, probably with like an iPhone and uh like a, a Big Mac and yeah, Levi's jeans and I don't know, maybe Nikes. Like I, I can't put myself in the headspace of a North Korean propagandist. Attention, blowout listeners. Stop by the Heddle shop for a wide assortment of sweaters, knits, and Teamster tees available in the newest colors and styles. Our denim tops and jeans for men's and boys are made in USA and are available in a rainbow of colors at a low Heddle's price. Visit shop.heddles.com and use the code BLOWOUT for a special listener discount. Moving on to, uh, I guess, lookbooks and other product-related things. We got a couple things, um, more than a couple things. We got a whole collection here from Corelection, the shop out of Australia that they did a, a entire like capsule collab with uh, the Strike Gold, the Japanese denim company that like self edge stock for a while used to see a lot more in the West. Um, but yeah, they did a whole loop wheeled like indigo dyed like t shirt and sweats and it's not all of it's indigo dyed uh, thing and the uh, loop wheeling. I feel like that's not completely understood because it's not like nearly as graspable or immediate as something like selvage or raw denim so like albert what what is your take on loop wheel like it's a kind of tube knit right so it doesn't mm -hmm. have a side seam um but it is kind of the most in my understanding that like the kind of most meticulous and archaic mechanized version that we still have and it mm -hmm. renders this product that great horizontal slub and um, and to my knowledge, the one of the reasons for its scarcity is just the machines are so fussy, and they're only in a couple places. I think like Germany, Mersby Schwann has them, and then they're in Japan as well. That's my yeah. understanding. Yeah, and they run like super super slow. Is the mm. other thing, and like why it's expensive is like a traditional tube knit machine could do like. 10 hoodies in the time that it takes to make one of like mm -hmm. you know they usually move so fast that you can't see them whereas this is just like you're watching the thing like click down so there's like no tension whatsoever so it makes it a lot softer and supposedly a lot stronger um but also way more expensive just because it's that much more difficult and time consuming to make and it's these old machines from the 20s i love my my i have two strike gold sweatshirts that i got when i was at self-edge and they are my favorite ever. I feel like in the time that I worked there, it seemed like the amount of strike gold we carried was less and less and less. But I just, if you can get one of those sweatshirts or one of those tees, they just do it so well. And they're not, like their jeans are super skinny, but I felt like their tops were kind of boxier. So you can, you can get kind of a looser, comfier fit out of those if you want. Yeah, they they look like they're decently priced here too for you know a, a loop wheel sweat 
um, you know, like crew neck around 180, um, hoodies 210. It's like loop wheel stuff is expensive, as we said. Um, mm-hmm. Like I've got a Real McCoy's like heavyweight baseball sweat that I just absolutely love to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had it for 10 years and it looks still pretty much brand new except for like a couple like ketchup stains, uh, maybe one little wine one, like some mustard. You know, it's a baseball sweat. You're supposed to eat hot dogs while while wearing it, mm-hmm. I think, which I, I, I've done. Um, but yeah, that one I think retails for like 280 or 290 now. Yeah, this is the most reasonably priced I've seen in Strike Gold. Um, I feel like if you, if our listeners are new to Strike Gold, I haven't seen a pullover hoodie from Streckled before. So that really catches my eye. They typically shrink a full size in my experience, about a full size. So mm. I'm like, I'm like six, one ish. I take an XL. I took an XL that shrank down to be like comfortably boxy. I've also bought a large, which is kind of like a little too slim, but that would be my advice to any prospective Streckled buyers in the house tonight. Size up. Do you wash your your sweats? Yeah, yeah. Like in the washing machine and dryer. Yeah. So I tried to I tried to to line dry them, but they're so thick that they get mildewy if you let them. If you they take so so long for them to air dry, so I just mm-hmm. have to do yeah washer dryer with those guys. I've been afraid of doing my uh, baseball sweat in in that manner because like I don't. Mm-hmm. It's so soft and so perfect on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to pill. Yeah. Um, so I've just done it in the tub and then like I do the thing where I put it between two towels and like roll it up and like put my knees on it to squeeze out all the water and then let it sit. And it still mildews a little bit because, yeah, as you said, it takes like two days, three days to dry, even here in Colorado where it's super, super dry already. I don't know. Like I, I, I don't like, give a shit about washing my jeans anymore, but that sweatshirt still I'm, I'm, I baby it because uh, I know that like. In order to get another one of those at the price that I got it, there's going to have to be another Inspiration LA and the McCoy's folks are going to have to show up again, which I, I just can't bank on. No. I guess for me, it's like, I feel like a sweatshirt, the interior of a new sweatshirt, it's like a, you know, it's, a, it's, it's not something you can prolong, unfortunately. I, or at least, I guess you can if you're, if you're David, but me personally, I... <laughs> it's it's you know it's it's a, it's really perfect for a while it's maybe a month or more but then eventually it's just um it's not quite so pristine moving on we got some some capital socks which like i'm a big capital sock fan as i think I, i've discussed before mm-hmm. that it is the ideal uh birthday and christmas present for me from family members that don't have any idea like what the things we discuss are because, you know, they cost like maybe 40 bucks and they will always make me happy and I would never spend $40 on socks for myself. Right. But I might change that because these ones are $66, but they look like they go over your knee. Um, that the Capital 156 Yarns Nepal Tiger Skaters Knee High Socks, which wow. they're, they're, they're hideous, but they're beautiful. Um and it was the first thing that made me realize what the like yarn number means in capital socks because they like often have numbers of like this is the 44 yarn sock this is the like 96 this is the 66 yarn and i had no idea what it was but this was the one that made the light bulb go off and go like oh that must be how many like yarns tall it is how many yarns tall and this one is 156 which is very very tall but 
Yeah, it's a thing that they call skater socks. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just old now because like I used to associate these like knee-high socks with high school like lacrosse players, you know, wearing their like Adidas slides with uh you know, like basketball shorts and white tees and like socks that went up to their knees. That was the look in uh late 2000s uh, suburban Denver. Yeah, so that reference point does not resonate with me whatsoever, unfortunately. I went to an arts high school, so we didn't have any of that lacrosse. Also, LA. I don't know how many people are playing lacrosse in LA. Yeah, bless but you. I do, I do feel like I feel like I'm seeing socks styled pretty high in things. You, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I'm seeing... It seems like that's kind of a thing. Shorts are getting shorter. Socks are getting tall. Like, I saw those... You know, those... Uh, ALD New Balance sneakers. I saw them styled a bunch with like a high sock with those kind of stripes on the top, like two green stripes on the top. You know what I mean? Definitely kinda, the mid calf like is is coming back. Yeah, I a think. knee though is extreme. I, I that seems yeah. like they're pushing the envelope. Man, I wonder if it'll ever get to the point. Is like, I I know women's stuff. You know, they're like socks that just turn into tights, and it's just like the socks go all the way up. I don't know if that'll ever get there for uh, for men's stuff but how many yarns tall is that oh that's then that's like the 666 yarn <laughs> uh, double sock uh yeah these these sparked my interest it's like i have no interest in high socks but just something about the grotesqueness of this pair uh intrigues me because i know they would they, i would be really uncomfortable and i would feel them like riding around like just below my knee for the entire day of wearing them well, what do you do with your sock when you're wearing shorts, David? I know you wear a lot. You, you go barefoot in your waraches a lot, but be, what else do you do? I generally just don't wear socks with shorts. Okay. Yeah, it's like I the warm weather shoes I got is like either wear my huraches or I got a pair of Vans Eras, and I just like go sockless. Raw dog it. Yeah, and I just like bear it and know that the first couple weeks it's going to be painful, and then after that it's smooth sailing. Is that just develop re- regrowing those calluses? Again? Pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. It's uh, I'm in that period right now. Um, uh-huh. You know, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but yeah, uh, some things I can't do with it. But yeah, shorts. I just generally don't wear shorts all that much. Yeah. So I I copped uh, the Patagonia baggies on pod last week. Did they arrive? They arrived. Wow, um, I, I like this continuing plot line. Yeah, I, I got mediums, and I don't know if I don't know how. I I feel like they're called baggy, so they should be baggy, right? Like mine are kind of big. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably could have sized down, but I didn't. I don't. I, I I'm trying to like embrace a short, and I, I mean like it's crazy that I've lived in. I, I think I just have negative associations because growing up, you know, wearing, you know, the shorts of our youth were not very you know, palatable. They were, they were pretty gross. They're, you know, pretty bad patterned, baggy, cargo-y kind of deals. It's coming back. I, I can feel it already that the, the Abercrombie, like, like touching the knee, like having the little like dangly cinch thing, cargo, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, zip offs. Yeah. Those are coming back. Maybe not this summer, maybe not next summer, but they're, they're waiting. They're dormant. The, the shorts that I know you have, those French army ones sound really sick. And that I'm, I'm into. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I, so I'm, I guess all that is to say, I'm 
myself trying to embrace a higher sock, but I don't really know how to do it. I don't know what shorts, you know, this is an ongoing struggle for me. Mm-hmm. The socks and shorts look, it's difficult because like you want to be dad core, but you don't want to be a dad. The, not the socks and sandals look. It's like you want the a taste of the sock and sandals vibe, but you don't want to have the, the look entirely. Yeah, I guess a sock and a sandal is, is egregious. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I'm also looking at these New Balance 990s. I'm like, I, you know, it's a, <laughs> I, you it, know. It comes for us all. Do you have those? No, I've got a pair of New Balance, like, 574s. It was a collab they did with the Jansport, like, 10 <laughs> okay. years ago. So, like, the, the shoes are made of, like, shiny green, like, backpack material. Uh, yeah, they held up really well. They were, uh, they're great, like, just knock-around shoes, because, like, you'll never blow them out, because they're made of, like, ballistic Cordura. And that's another thing, the new ba- those New Balances. I, I like them on screen. And actually, I, I also, another thing that I bought, I think I talked about, was I did get those Aimé Leon Doré, uh, um, New Balances, and I tried them on, and I immediately took them to round two, and I sold them, because they were just too chunky uh, did you get your money back yeah plus plus a little i got double what i paid because they're oh. already getting hyped arbitrage but, nice yeah <laughs> just like flipping jeans in east germany uh-huh but uh speaking of historically inspired clothing you got something uh else here that to, to bring to our attention yeah so um cast atlantic just sent out an email to their mailing list about their new season, their, their summer season, um, which is... Inc- so for those of you who don't know what Cast Atlantic is, it's a brand run by um, one... I don't know if it's both brothers. One of the brothers, at least, um, that is behind Broadway and Sons, which is a Swedish uh, vintage store that has a pretty cool online presence and a really great Instagram if you want some style inspo. Um, and so they basically, there was this period, I don't know if it was maybe two years ago, where these French army trousers, um, 50s French pleated army trousers were just like flying off the shelves. And I think a lot of European retailers had them and, and there was a kind of a run on them. So I think in answer to that limited supply, they started making that style, uh, but new. So they have three silhouettes. They're all pretty wide. I think they're introducing a fourth. All pretty wide leg, high rise. And this season, they're introducing a uh, a linen cotton blend, and which I'm a little intrigued by, honestly. The Osaka Five all over again. Yeah. Yeah, this so. stuff looks cool. Very like uh, Battle of Algiers kind of inspired. If you know that oh, movie. Oh yeah. So yeah, they're so they're they're family. They're actually made in. Um, I think they're made in, in Morocco. Mm-hmm. Um, so they and their family uh, comes from North Africa. So I think that's there is like a pretty clear um, style line back to those kinds of Mediterranean fifties looks, kind of pseudo military, pseudo uh, the amazing Mister Ripley kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I have yeah. the Tangier, which is the widest one, and I love them. I have them in navy, and I would love to get them in other colors. All right, well, we will link to all these in the show notes if you want to have a look. And uh, just take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. 
We live in a fast-paced world. Sometimes, you just need to slow down and stop. Heddles Plus, the noon membership program of exclusive content, giveaways, discounts, and a community chat forum. Try a month free with the code EXTRABLOWOUT. Welcome back. We got our final topic of the day, talking about highly textured genes, which uh, is the subject of this week's 5 plus 1 that Charlie put together. Um, so textured genes, it's you know, kind of a historical anachronism that I find interesting because like, you know, uh, you know about textured genes and the slubs and the neps. And this was always a, a thing that one of my friends gives me shit about of like whenever I talk about denim stuff, he's like, oh, tell me about the slubs. Tell me about the naps because he has no idea what they mean. But yeah, just like things that, you know, rubbing your fingers across your jeans makes it feel like you're reading Braille. That's sort of the, the, the look that you're going for there. I've never been like a huge slub or net person, um, but I found it sort of a fascinating cultural thing because like slubs and neps were originally defects or like right. signs of poor quality denim is like slubs happen when the the tension isn't high enough so you get irregularity in the way that the 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 weaving yarns are being put in to the fabric and nep is like when there's too much just like shit and like other pieces of fabric like floating around in the air while it's being woven that it just gets trapped in and you get all these like weird little puffs coming mm -hmm. out of the fabric um, which is just like a sign of how poor the lung health was if I guess whoever was working in that mill at the time. That's dark. Yeah. Uh, people in uh, early textile mills had like really, really high rates of uh, like, I guess, lung cancer and other like emphysema and other lung diseases from just like cotton getting deep, deep in there because they're breathing it in all the time. I mean, even working in a retail in like, denim retail the age of masks was kind of nice because you weren't just sneezing up uh denim dust all the time yeah that was a thing too when like we were making masks like really heavily for cover-up i was there working the click press and like even when i was there completely alone like i wore a mask because it was like chomping through the dye like you know 20 layers of fabric and every time you take it up and out and up and out and up and out like all that fabric dust just like will go up your nose and then make you like congested and sneezy and make you think you have COVID and like, you know, trying to borrow your mom's uh, like forehead thermometer and then go getting a test and all that. But yeah, fabric dust, nothing to, uh, to sneeze at. This is kind of casting a wide net here, casting aspersions on lovers of uh, textured denim. But I found that in my time at, you know, at Self Edge, I some of the most demanding customers were those who wanted very specific slub slash neppy jeans. Um, I think, and the way you describe it being an, an anachronism, you know, I think that there is kind of a, I don't know. There's a, there's really part, there's a particularity to a person that w really wants that look. And, um, mm -hmm. And I think that's also somebody who's going to give you guff about washing jeans, typically about sizing jeans. There's there, that, 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 I think that world is, is that part of our world is a little fussy, I, I think. But, you know, like in, a, in like an old, like in my black seed cone denim, my Roy's, there's a little bit of loom chatter. I'm a fan of some loom chatter. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's just me being a, a dick. <laughs> so you going into self-edge and harassing somebody and like, hey, look at this loom chatter here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, there's like, be- like, you know, pure blue Japan, obviously beautiful stuff. Yeah, and there is something of like, you know, what is, are, are people aspiring towards? And like, what is mm-hmm. the the philosophy of the genes that you're trying to, to make? Because like, we've, we've, can all agree that we've abandoned the point of like, these are the most utilitarian pants that have ever been made. And like, this is what's good for like the, you just buy one and forget it. It's like, no, like cotton stitching does not hold up all that well. Like cotton pants, like if you want something that you can just like buy for pure utilitarian sake, get something that's completely uh, uh, synthetic of like, mm-hmm. get the Cordura, you know, like backpack texture pants that i got for my my new balances like you will never bust the jansport collab pants yeah i get the jansport pants but (laughs) uh so yeah like i guess you're gonna have a little bit of fun in that and this is a thing uh uh, ralph tharp the like product designer and fabric designer at cone mills for like 50 years um was mentioning uh he had an anecdote on an earlier episode where he talked about going to japan and seeing like the ways that they intentionally fucked up one of their looms to make it like do these irregularities and make it like be like a uh, an old draper loom and he's like ha ah, they're like do going to all this work to make their loom suck so it sucks the same <laughs> way our loom sucks <laughs> and i don't know it's it's, it's funny is it's a thing like I, I guess from like an audio perspective or something like that of you know people that are really into vinyl um that you know, it, it, there's some authenticity if you're putting it directly onto it, but then like adding some hiss or like trying to like put the vinyl sound back into something that isn't vinyl. Right. Right. So, in, they're interesting. They definitely look different than a lot of other jeans. And you can get some cool effects of like where the fading has that sort of like waterfall type look and it, it mm-hmm. fades in different ways. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's a thing that I've never been all that into and I've preferred more, I don't know, plain Jane denim. I also feel like there is a like there is a way where those denims are rarely cut into a pant that I want that I could wear, you know, or that I'd feel comfortable wearing. I think that's like that's a very small leg opening typically. Um I haven't seen it's you know, like if I could get kind of a 50s style cut with a wide leg opening a high rise and it might have some slub in it then i I, you know maybe i could be swayed i might just have an association with it being more Mm. these fits that just don't really you know i think red cloud does that uh the the chinese brand that they do wider like more vintage fits but in a super slubby fabric but i guess that's the thing too because like uh what, what you're describing like more of the pure repro brands are trying to make stuff that was like the denim back then which was not slubby was not neppy was more mm-hmm. regular and like technologically advanced right um or and that's what the the folks were aiming for back then whereas like uh just ridiculously textured denim is more of a modern phenomenon um and thus like put into more modern cuts in modern in quotes is like that people weren't wearing super skinny jeans in the fifties. I also feel like as I kind of progress down this path with fashion and clothes, I don't, 
I don't really want my jeans to be the main event in an outfit the same way that I used to. And so, you know, I, I, and especially when I'm thinking about buying a new pair of jeans, I really want them to be kind of like a jack of all trades. I want them to like, you know, feel if I can, I can take a walk in them. I can, you know, like I can wear different outfits with them and, and, um, this like a, a subtle slub, a subtle nap that feels natural is, is totally, totally, uh, I love a, like a hairy fat, like any of those unsanitized fabrics had some hair to them, some yeah. texture. I'm, uncalendered. Yeah. Uncalendered. And unsinged. Um, I, uh, yeah, like I like unsamparized fabric a lot for that reason too, because yeah. it feels like it's being authentically weird rather yeah. than like programmed to be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm the same way that I don't want to draw a lot of attention to them because my jeans, because like if I'm wearing the same pair like six days a week, I don't really want people to know that. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of people think that's weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't, and I guess a lot of the people we interact with don't, but it's just like, oh, the, it's just like, okay, you're wearing dark pants, okay. Actually, I, th- I had a pair of Burgess Plus that were a slim straight I had in college, and they were a kind of, yeah, they, they had a little bit more nep to them, and, and I, and just because, but it was a pretty tame version of that, and it was just enough that it felt like, it was it was getting textural in an interesting way. So I mean, if it's done right, I can definitely get behind it. But yeah, if it feels, it can it can feel just um, lame. Too trying too hard. Trying too hard. Yeah. I think that's uh that's a podcast. Anything else you want to get into, Albert? Hey, no, I'm I'm good. I don't want to offend anyone else that might love uh, the nep stuff slub. They're out there. <laughs> Yeah, don't come for me, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, they can't find you and harass you for jeans anymore. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. That uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything you want us to talk about, just email us at blowout at heddles.com. Uh, you can also send us a Google voicemail that we might play over the air unvetted, which uh, I got to bring up the number because I always forget it. That sounds really fun. I'd love to hear some uh, unvetted content from the people. Me too. I want to hear someone's like rants and like hate voicemail about how much uh, we did nep and slub dirty. And if you want to do that, just pick up your phone and dial 720-675-7098. Or you can just like send us a voice memo too. You can record that on your phone and email it to us. Like it's very easy to send negative vibes our way. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, you can, uh, become a Heddles Plus subscriber. It gets you exclusive giveaways and discounts and, uh, more episodes like this one, as well as their discord forum that you can, uh, send us pictures and like chat with us if you want to send more negative vibes. So I don't know why I'm harping on that. People don't, but, uh, you can send us positive ones as well. You can send us, uh, Imagery of, yeah, or imagery of, you know, North Korean propaganda that if you have Mm. access to it. Um, But yeah, thanks so much for listening. And uh, until next time, best of luck with your fades.